Uh, welcome to another episode of Roll or Die. Today we have uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Purple Belt and Yogi Tara Rocha. Welcome, Tara. Thank you so much, Kim and Anton. Great to be here. Thank you so much. So uh, you're a Purple Belt. I love, I'm a Purple Belt as well. It's my, it's my favorite belt so far. It keeps getting better for me, but are you? what's your experience of Purple Belt so far? Yeah, I would have to, to say the same. I love Purple Belt. Um, this is where I feel like I'm doing a deep dive into concepts and guard and so much that I've been exploring ever since I started Jiu-Jitsu. But, yeah, I love what's happening at Purple. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, I totally yeah. relate to that, 100%. Yeah. And, Tara, you've just come back from Melbourne uh, from a – spot on the Australian Girls in Gi Melbourne camp and you're about to participate in the winter camp with Ari, Hope, Levi and Talison. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm on an amazing camp tour with Jiu-Jitsu and Yoga at the moment. Um, so with Australian Girls in Gi, there's been an incredible lineup of camps um, around Queensland, New South Wales and Victoria. And it's just been so fantastic to reconnect with friends, um, you know, all along the East Coast that I haven't been able to see or train with uh, since before COVID. Uh, the camps have just been incredible. Melbourne was amazing, such a great atmosphere. And, yeah, really great to see all the girls uh, getting on the mat from all over Victoria. And some came down from Canberra and Sydney as well and Wollongong. Uh, and next weekend, we've got the new wave uh, at Byron, which is actually at my gym at the academy where I train and where I teach yoga, um, as you mentioned, with uh, Hope, Ari, Talison and Levi. So that's going to be just incredible. Um, yeah, and it's, it's sort of a camp that goes from Friday to Monday with lots of seminars, yoga sessions and also like really cool social activities and dinners and things in between as well. And the weather's still really nice here too. So it's still kind of beach surf time <laughs> for anyone that wants to come along. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. That's incredible. I um like you just painted an amazing picture on there with you. I uh like, actually <laughs> we didn't really talk with um Hope and Ari about how much this this um camp costs, but do you know how much it costs? Are you across the numbers? Is it like yeah, so um, there are just a few tickets left actually for the new wave and I can find out now how much the tickets are because there was an early bird ticket price but they sold out. So oh, When people can sell out a camp. I think that's so cool for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. It's really awesome. It's, it's great that events are back, you know, and we're, we're inspired by them. Yeah, totally. Um, maybe I'll find out the price and tell you guys. But, yeah, there are just a few tickets left to the Byron camp. Um, and we also have some camps coming up uh, with Australian Girls and Gear as well in Sydney and Brisbane. Um, and they're all really affordable because the camp format is, um, you know, great for people that live in the area or that want to come and stay together in an Airbnb or get their own accommodation and sort of just come along to the camp sessions. So, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Well, one of the main reasons we, I guess, we want to have you on, quite a number of our guests have talked, especially recently, about how yoga has really helped them with their jiu-jitsu. So we thought we'd go straight to the source, to one of the best and most famous uh, jiu-jitsu slash yogas, Yogi 
in Australia. So, yeah, what can you tell us about this? Like, what do, what what's the connection between the two? Like, what should people be doing? Yeah. So uh, for me, this is this is a journey that started, um, you know, when I was a child. Like, I've been doing yoga for twenty three years. Um, and jujitsu for seven and a half now. And um, so yoga has really been like my long-term practice and it's just so embedded in my life um, for, for over two decades. <laughs> uh, and then when I, yeah, and then when I discovered jujitsu, um, I guess, you know, they're both um, ancient forms of movement that, you know, have evolved like through um all of the countries that jiu-jitsu has gone through, you know, in its history, uh, just like yoga with its origins in India. So um, I really love to create yoga sequences and practices that are really fantastic for recovery for jiu-jitsu. Um, and I also teach yoga mobility as like pre-warm-up as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, yeah, the best thing about it is it's sort of as a recovery practice, being able to calm the nerves and you know de-stress after training and relax the nervous system that's the biggest thing for myself and for all of my students and everyone that I meet and teach as well so really being able to like regulate uh, the body and the mind and the breath and I think that really helps with active recovery so I think that's that for me is the biggest connection um, really being able to like activate my recovery as soon as I finish training with yoga yeah and I pretty much do that every day I train Monday to Friday I, I do yoga every day um, and I teach lots of classes as well. Yeah. Right. And do you, like, as far, I mean, yoga sounds great, as you said, as a recovery, but it sounds like with this kind of lowering of the vibration, so to speak, it could be good for pre-comp as well. Like just about, you know, a lot of people suffer, myself included, for a long time, incredibly nervous before matches, etc. Like, do you think that there's a place for yoga, for example, as a as part of comp day preparation is that something that you see as yeah definitely I I know that I definitely use that for myself um so all of my competitions like starting competing at white belts um I had a lot of anxiety and a lot of nerves and I'm generally a really calm person (laughs) so it was so interesting to go through that that journey starting to compete at white belt and um and feeling really sick before competitions and then coming back to my toolkit and going hang on I've got some tools that I can use to (laughs) you know to calm down and regulate and um yeah and then as I competed more and um and going into my first competition last year as purple belt um just before the COVID wave hit, um, I definitely find myself like meditating before competing, um, doing, you know, breathing practices like pranayama, meditation, and then also like a mobility warm-up, sun salutations, like mixing it all in together. So for myself personally, it definitely helps. Mm. And I know lots of other people that use those tools, it helps as well. So it's really good for calming the nerves, you know, before and after training and competing. Awesome. Yeah. And tell us about like just yoga in general. What are the basic forms of it? Like I know, for example, I do Bikram yoga, which is hot yoga. And I know that's quite extreme, but there are, um, I think about five or six sort of general yogas or is that right? What can you tell us about those and how they differ? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so there are probably like, there are over a hundred styles of yoga. Um, there's like, there are so many. Um, so I, 
I'm trained um, originally in Hatha yoga. So that's one of the sort of um, predominant forms of yoga that's come to the West. And, um, and I did my training in Sydney. And then I also went to India and did training, like further training there and a yoga ashram, you know, at the source. Um, and since then, over the last 11 years that I've been a yoga teacher, so I did my first training 11 years ago, I've, I've done numerous trainings like every year post doing my first teacher training. So um, I'm trained in lots of different styles and there are so many out there, like so many fantastic different forms of yoga. So the ones that I mainly do are Hatha yoga, restorative and yin yoga, which um Hatha is like a dynamic style of yoga, but it's suitable and can be modified for all body types, you know, for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, and then you've got restorative and yin yoga, which is a much slower static style of yoga, which is also really restorative and great um, post-training. Um, and I also specialize in partner yoga, elements of acro yoga. So really using two bodies uh, together. Oh, cool. and, and yeah, if you see, <laughs> yeah. So I've got but also a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So <clears throat> acro and um, partner yoga are really fantastic and um, they can be really dynamic and like really warming styles of yoga or they can be more restorative as well. Um, and I also specialize in Thai yoga massage, which is a blend of yoga and massage together where I do lots of adjustments um, on people and while they're lying down or seated or if I'm flying them, sort of moving and adjusting and massaging as well. So those are like the main styles that I practice and teach. Um, but I've actually done so many different trainings over the years to add on to my, you know, yoga elements that I teach and my yoga concept. Um, but it all comes from India originally and, you know, it dates back like thousands of years, um, according to the ancient texts of, of yoga and the physical practice that people see and, you know, conceive yoga to be is like one form of yoga. So there are many different forms, including more about the mind, um, you know, meditation, the breath, pranayama. Um, the study and research of like the ancient texts and all of the concepts of yoga. So like more the theory of yoga. And it also goes into elements of um, <clears throat> something called Ayurveda, which is more about the lifestyle. So like your sleeping patterns, what you eat. Um, and yeah, and I really try to, you know, bring all of those elements into my life in a modern day sense, because I don't live in a cave. <laughs> like, you know, I'm in the world, um, in the modern world. But I do really try to bring all those elements in and see how I can create more balance in my life through, um, you know, all of the elements of yoga, all of the limbs of yoga. It sounds to me like, like I've got this visual of you, right? And you're like adjusting people and you're totally zen and you're moving and you're down with dogs and saluting and doing all that. And you're like, I need more violence in my life. I'm going to take a BJJ. <laughs> like how the hell? Or like what was it? Like how did you kind of go from this? state of restoration and healing and health to violence <laughs> like where's between those two so, yeah well as as kim said so kim you do bikram um which is like a really like fast hot dynamic style of yoga so i 
used to practice a hot style of yoga and ashtanga yoga when I was um, a tween and teenager. So I did that all through school at a yoga studio where I grew up. So the first type of yoga that I did as a, as a teenager was um, a really hot, dynamic, like, you know, sweaty yoga. Um, and yeah, and that's fantastic as well. Like, especially if you're in cooler climates, um, if you want that to be something as part of like your fitness regime as well, it's so amazing. And then I was more introduced to like the restorative um, practices and half the yoga um, in my late teens and in my early twenties, and then started my teaching trainings in those forms um but I've actually been obsessed with martial arts since I was a child <laughs> so um I think all of the the gentle arts and you know the the um yeah these traditions that come from Asia like I've just loved all of them I grew up with um with you know different family members doing striking martial arts my mom uh did striking like boxing and muay thai um my stepdad was a fourth gen black belt in karate and uh, my brother-in-law also a brown belt in karate so i had like martial arts around me growing up yeah. um, and a really powerful mom as well that really encouraged me to try everything <laughs> and um and, and so i did i tried lots of martial arts like i tried Taekwondo, karate, kickboxing, Muay Thai, uh, Kung Fu, Wushu, um, Tai Chi with swords, like I did it all. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and at the end of the day, I I just, striking really wasn't for me. So I just really didn't like getting uh, punched in the face <laughs> or, you know, or kicked in the stomach. Yeah. And um, yeah, and then when I was uh, in my late 20s, I discovered Jiu-Jitsu, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, um, and actually Gracie Jiu-Jitsu to be more specific. So I, I walked into Best and Gracie Newcastle um, and yeah, did a trial class and just found my passion. Okay. Um, there, there was a martial art that could teach me self-defense, uh, you know, make me fit. Um, so because I, I loved training, like I love weight training and running and, you know, lots of different forms of fitness. So it just felt really complimentary. And a lot of the movements, you know, being a ground-based um, martial art really resonated with me because yoga also mimics like animal movements and a lot of it is floor-based. So mm -hmm. some of my yoga classes, you won't even move up off your hands and knees or your back. You know, you can do a whole session with me that's very grounded and down on the floor and animalistic. So, yeah, so I really loved that element. And I just, yeah, found my passion for, for jiu-jitsu from day one <laughs> and have never stopped since. So, Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think um, before I met you at the as the yogi at the Australian Girls of Gear Camps, I think I came about you from your Instagram account where you have got probably the most extensive travel history of anyone I know, like, your account was just you traveling kind of the world over and over. Can you tell us some of the places that you've been or some of your stories? Because uh, yeah. there's surely lots. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been really fortunate um, and worked really hard to sort of get myself in a position where I can travel the world and do what I love. Um, so I... I started uh, with my main career previously working um, on Hayman Island, actually, like working for the island um, as their buyer and, and for the retail and also doing wellness programs for them. And they would send me to Asia. Um, so I got to go to China and Hong Kong a lot. And, um, and that's actually where I started getting into um, different striking martial arts when I was over there. Um, 
and trying out everything, uh, being a big fan of Bruce Lee as a child. <laughs> so it was cool to explore um, countries around Asia, China and Hong Kong. Um, and then for the last uh, four years, up until last year, I was managing an international yoga business. Um, and I spent probably five months of the year broken up into separate trips, uh, traveling the world and teaching yoga courses and teaching yoga events. And, you know, the first thing I would pack is my gi and um, I would get in touch with like uh, the BJJ Globetrotters and I ended up actually teaching at their camps, teaching yoga at their camps overseas as well. Um, once I was introduced to them from BJJ Globetrotters Copenhagen camp. Um, yeah, and I just basically globetrotted around the world uh, for, yeah, probably like the last seven or eight years um, with my work and just took my work with me. And um, some of the most amazing places I think I've been able to go with yoga and also to train jiu-jitsu have been uh, Mexico City. So I spent two weeks there um, training with like an amazing team in Mexico and teaching a yoga course there um I've been to Russia to Moscow and St Petersburg twice um and trained with uh Ludus team and Moscow BJJ who are just so amazing um yeah and sort of teaching yoga all over the city and yoga courses there uh all over Europe um I've spent uh, a couple of trips in New York as well training with Marcelo Garcia and his team um and that's been really phenomenal um yeah so many places <laughs> uh, I love travel I absolutely love travel and adventure and I'm so grateful that you know my my work and my passions have taken me overseas to these places it's just been so amazing absolutely. and a lot of people have been asking me like am I missing you know all the adventure and travel and yeah. like yes definitely I have so many amazing friends overseas and I miss those experiences but I feel like I'm really taking advantage of um, these amazing local experiences that we're creating with the camps in Australia. And it's actually getting me to, you know, cities I haven't been to, like Canberra. I spent four days in Canberra for a camp and loved that. Uh, down to Melbourne. So more interstate travel this year. Yeah. Amazing. Like, I'm really keen to know because you, you obviously that's an amazing lifestyle. It sounds like the dream. Is there any downside to any of this? Or about the perfect life? Like what's hard about your life? What's, what's is there is there any time where you go, holy shit, I just wish I was just like not traveling anymore? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I can't even imagine what it's like to be you. But uh, is there any downside? Because I want to hear if there's a downside that um yeah I guess you know like having really amazing connections and friendships in in places and leaving that is always a bit hard um and especially now not knowing when I can go and you know see my amazing friends that live overseas and train in these places and yeah so that's definitely one of the downsides you know being so far away from people that I've just established like beautiful friendships with around the world um I spent a lot of time in London the last five years um going over like twice a year and spending a good few weeks each time training at Roger Gracie London and you know forming like amazing friendships um with with the team there and and in other places as well so that's definitely uh something hard and then leaving my husband and friends here <laughs> for you know <laughs> massive periods <laughs> so yeah at, at that end as well so like yeah leaving people behind um yeah. but you know knowing that 
I mean, before it was easy just to jump on a plane, like book a flight the week before and you'd be on the other side of the world. And obviously that's stopped right now. So it's like on pause. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm definitely really grateful to be in, in Australia during this time as well. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm training, I've been training, I trained all through COVID, like we turned our lounge room into a jujitsu academy <laughs> uh, during COVID last year, we bought mats and, you know, so we kept training the whole time, but um, yeah, just missing people from overseas or my friends, that's probably, yeah. yeah. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> and um, get, switching taxi, um, getting back to the yoga. So people who are listening, um, who perhaps can't get to one of your camps, what can they do for yoga uh, who are jujitsu people who are you know pretty crippled pretty stiff and sore what would you recommend like how often should people be doing yoga um can you suggest any say websites or links or whatever that people could go to yeah definitely um if anyone's interested in like what i'm doing i have uh six classes i created on my youtube channel last year um that are available and free you know for people to do that are suitable for jiu-jitsu and and nice for either mobility or cool down warm down um there are so many awesome resources online um so many amazing programs and there are just yoga studios like all over australia that i would recommend um, people try i think just adding in adding in yoga to your life um, yoga and meditation is so fantastic and as you get older, it's also um, thinking about how much time you're spending in your activity and your exercise and your training, and then how much recovery you do as well. So like yoga is one of the forms of recovery that I do, but I've got like a little, um, well, a ritual of recovery items that I do. So um, I love saunas and ice baths. So that's something that um, I do a lot. Uh, so I was doing that yesterday in Melbourne um, with Jess and Laura after the camp down at Peninsula Hot Springs. We did like fire and ice there. And up here I, I go to recovery centres. And, um, yeah, so I do yoga every day, but I also do like other recovery methods. And I think it's like really thinking about how much time you're spending in your training, doing your physical activity, um, when you're physical with your body, whether it be work or exercise, and then counterbalancing that with recovery practices. Mm -hmm. So, um, so even it doesn't even need to be like a long yoga practice, but doing a little bit every day or at least three times a week will be so fantastic for your jujitsu, for your body, for your recovery, and also just for longevity. Um, I really feel like I avoid and heal from injury like really quickly um, compared to people that don't have these practices um, because I see it around me a lot mm. and yeah and it's just so great to have like mo mobility to have strong joints um, and and to work on yeah your real active recovery after training yeah I've been I've been getting a bit of support with stretching lately I've got a friend he he kind of specializes in stretching for mobility and I discovered, right, in these sessions with him that I actually have like a shoulder issue that I've been pretending I don't have. Like I'd go to bed every night with like a tingling, burning shoulder, right? And I just come to, like, I was like, okay, this is my life. This is how I'm going to spend the rest of my life, but I'm not going to stop training BJJ. I'm not going to stop. Anyway, I have like these three sessions once a, once a week over three weeks. There's no more There's no more pain, right? But I guess, I guess my question for you is, there's no tingling or anything like it's all gone and it's just because i hang off a bar and you know lock bits out in different ways etc i guess you're seeing people all the time who are like 
not even aware that they're putting up with something and yet their life is so blocked or so kind of disconnected in some areas because of their physical you know well-being like is that something that I just did not even know I had a shoulder issue I just I was so numb I was just so busy trying to get on with my life you know do you know what I'm saying here and yeah that happens a lot (laughs) yeah definitely and and often I feel like um sometimes I feel like we hold pain in our body for so many reasons so sometimes it is because you know um because of a submission you know that someone's done on you or um or you know something being pulled or um or squashed or whatever it is a training um you know a takedown landing landing wrong like it can be so many reasons but sometimes it's also just those imbalances like um always doing you know something on one side like delahiva on one side um you know always subbing on one side um you know and repping that like a thousand times it's it's definitely going to create an imbalance mm. so so yoga is really about um bringing things back into balance that's the biggest thing for me with yoga it's like we do everything in yoga on both sides you know right side left side back to the center of the body so that's that's how you know every yoga practice basically is so it's kind of about bringing everything back into the center and um yeah and i think that we also hold things like you're saying about your shoulder like that so many things could have manifested that in your life um yeah. and i feel like we can hold pain and you know hold things in our body for a long time yeah so so i find yoga and um and sauna is really great for that like saunas are a really great way for me to let go like let go of holding holding things in my body um let my muscles really relax have an amazing sweat so yeah beautiful thank you and can you talk at all about meditation like you've briefly touched on it um i know myself i was right into meditation last year and unfortunately i've sort of dropped off so yeah what what can you tell our listeners about it like how could they start to get into it because it is quite difficult it is quite hard to still your mind. Um, have you got any tips and tricks? Yeah, that? definitely. I, I'd recommend if you're wanting to add a meditation into your life or into your daily practice, um, you can start off with a small meditation and, and do a guided meditation. So um, so just search, you know, guided meditations. There are so many guided meditations available on YouTube um, and, you know, scripted or videos or audio recordings that you can listen to. Um, lots of great books about it as well. Yeah, and actually do guided meditations. So um, let someone talk you through, you know, your body, um, your mind. Uh, visualizations are fantastic as well. And then, you know, once you really develop a, a strong meditation practice, that's where you can more sit with yourself and go into trying to clear the mind you know being silent um or using tools for sensory deprivation so um so for example i meditate in the sauna so i book a i book a sauna i go in i turn all the lights out and then i actually do like a you know 30 40 minute meditation um, in there (laughs) so yeah it's like intense but amazing um and float tanks i also meditate in float tanks too so i love using elements um elements water fire you know heat cold like i feel like that really helps me to relax and come into a meditative state but yeah guided meditations visualizations or using the elements um i do a lot of meditation outside as well so like sitting you know on the beach or on the grass or under a tree um and just closing your eyes and and really to start with 
meditation is quite simple when you're not so concerned about clearing your mind. So meditation can be can begin by simply like having good posture, sitting down wherever you are and just noticing your breath. So closing your eyes, noticing your breath coming in and out of your nostrils, relaxing the shoulders, relaxing, you know, the parts of the body that are seated and connecting to where you are. And then you can do a visualization while you're meditating as well. So take your mind to a happy place, take your mind to somewhere that you feel safe, secure, um, you know, somewhere that you love to go on holidays and, and think about that. And that will change your state and, you know, really bring you into the present moment. Or you can just focus on your sensations. And yeah, um, I'm going to definitely offer some like yoga programs and meditations and like yoga specific for jiu-jitsu um, on my website as well. And like get classes up because I've got a lot of people asking where I'm teaching and I've been doing it all live and traveling so much and running courses. And now obviously like I can't do that everywhere. So I'd love to get some of that out there and um, add some meditations in as well. Awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I'm, I'm just, I, I, it's really, it's a real pleasure to meet you because you're the kind of, you know, you're just, you just bring something different to what we've had on the show before. I, I don't know. Is there anything else that you think that our listeners should know about the journey of BJJ, um, about, about yoga? Is there anything that you think that, like, that you, that you think really is it something that you've discovered? that you think everybody should really know if they're studying BJJ? Because the, the, most of our listeners are BJJ people. So what, what do you think is the key thing for you that just blows your mind when you think about it? Something you've discovered along your journey. Mm. Something about jujitsu, about BJJ. About life, yeah. about how life relates about life. to how yoga, whatever you like. Just is there something... Yeah. Yeah, something big. Yeah, there is. There is something really big. Um, I'm actually, I'm, I'm in my uh, Ayurveda practitioner training this year. Um, Ayurveda is like a sister life science to yoga. And that's, that's all about, I was mentioning it briefly before, but it's all about balance. And it's like what you do, your routine, your daily practices, the time you wake up, what you eat, like when you train, that this is all included in Ayurveda. And um, something that came up for me recently was just doing an analysis of myself and when the best time is for me to train. So, um, you know, sometimes like this is not available to everyone because you might, your gym might not have, you know, morning, lunch and night classes, but fortunately where I am, we do. Um, and I actually find the best time for myself to train, which fits in, in alignment with the Ayurvedic principles for my body type and my personality is between 10 and 2. So we have competition training at 10 a.m. and we have lunch classes at midday every day, Monday to Friday. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when I feel the most energized, like it's the best time for me to train. Um, I can do my active recovery afterwards, you know, or in the evening. Mm -hmm. And then I wind down um, at nighttime and I have a really good sleep. So I sleep really well. So the time that I train um, and where I put my energy, that's actually a huge thing for me. Um, and it's and if you don't know about that, it's maybe something you haven't thought about before. It's like, well, I'll just go to any class. But yeah, so the time of training and my routine as well. So making sure that I have a really good sleep, that totally affects my training. It affects everything, like my work, my mind, my training, my body. So sleep is like so important when I train um, and how much recovery I do. Beautiful. I totally agree. And you're right. Like to people who've never considered the time of day they trained or experimented or mixed that up or 
just saying like for me, I know when I train at night, I have a crappy night's sleep. So similar to you, like I, I really operate between 10 and two as well. And that's my ideal time. I will be opportunistic and grab a class from somewhere else every once in a while if I need to, but I'm with you. Yeah. It's taken me a long time to dial that in. And there'd be people who've never considered that yet. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And the other, yeah. the other big thing is probably, um, yeah, just knowing that, you know, it's not, it's, it's really about the long game. <laughs> Jiu Jitsu. It's, it's not like, you know, you can have short-term goals, um, you know, wanting to, to compete and, or, you know, get to a certain level or really understand a concept or a technique. But for me, it's like, it's the long game. Like I want to do jujitsu forever. It's longevity. So having discipline, really training my mind, my mindset, having a positive mindset about my journey. That's also uh, such a big thing for me. Awesome. Yeah. Tara, well, thank you so much for, um, for your wisdom. I, I personally feel much wiser. I don't know about you, Anton. Hopefully our <laughs> listeners will too. I, I've just learned so much from you. I mean, I was expecting a pretty good one. So, yeah, um, thank you for uh, sharing with us about uh, yoga. And as you said, it's uh, something that is very relevant or very good for most jiu-jitsu practitioners. So hopefully if any of our listeners out there were not already practising yoga, this podcast might convince them to uh, maybe head in that direction because, yeah, yeah, you do an amazing work there. Thanks, Tara. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's such a pleasure to be here. And, um, yeah, I, I hope I can um, share some of that, you know, positivity and and that connection between the two because, yeah, they've really changed my life, having yoga and jiu-jitsu in my life in this way. Mm. Awesome. All right. All right. Well, thank you very much. And hopefully we'll see you. If we don't see you on the jiu-jitsu mats, we'll see you on the yoga mats. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Look forward to, to meeting right. you and training again, Kim. Thanks so much for see having ya. me. Bye. Thank you. Peace Bye. Out. Bye. Bye.